0: That's Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Hello, 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 everyone. This is Rob Wolf. Welcome to episode 90 of Unformidable we take a look back at some of the less-heralded Mets in our beloved franchise's quirky history, because to us, everyone who dons the orange and blue is in some way unformidable. Well, upon filming this, I just this weekend watched Carlos Carrasco rack up his 100th career win while donning a Mets uniform, uh, and they were talking a little bit about it during the game as well, and it did get me thinking about Mets who had won 100 games, both... You know, just in total for the franchise, but also just wearing the uniform and you know even as they talked about it during Carrasco's game, it always did inordinately bother me that Ron Darling only got to ninety nine as a met. It just seemed wrong; it seemed like he deserved that one extra one in orange and blue, and not a random win as an expo. but a milestone's a milestone for a for a major leaguer, and it's quite an accomplishment to win that many games. Uh, unsurprisingly, to me, I noticed that the fine writers and Met historians over at Faith and Fear in Flushing had an article about Mets who had won their hundredth as a Met. You know, of course, first mentioning the greats like Gooden, Seaver, and Kuzmin, who did it all. Uh, those who came close to getting all from zero, from one to one hundred, in a Met uniform, like Ronnie and Sid, and then went on to look at players like Cookie who arrived here later in their careers and wound up earning 100 as a Met. I mean, I personally love Cookie, and I get the sense that most Met fans do. It's kind of hard not to like him as a person, everything he's gone through and overcome. Uh, seeing him win his 100th was just a legitimately happy moment uh, you know, to celebrate, even if he hasn't been a Met for incredibly long. Uh, just like I'll probably celebrate Max Scherzer's 200th win about as wildly as if more than 10 of them would have come as a Met when it finally transpires. But it doesn't always work out that way. I think, I know I, and I think most Met fans I knew back then, couldn't have been less enthused about the carpet bagging Tom Glavin's 300th win. A lack of enthusiasm, which was whatever the opposite of rewarded is, uh, on the last day of the 2007 season. At any rate, one of the more interesting names on the list of players to win 100 or get win number 100 in a Met uniform was a pitcher who was a popular player with Met fans and his Met teammates. So popular, he was happy to come back and end his career with the Mets in his sunshine days. Uh, he served as a lefty swingman for the Mets in the early 70s, a valuable com- compliment to Tug McGraw in the bullpen when he wasn't starting. Uh, here's the baseball and Mets career and hun- 100th win of the unformidable Ray Sadecki. Raymond Michael Sadecki was born on December 26th, 1940, in Kansas City, Kansas. His dad... Uh, Spent his childhood working in a grocery store, though he wished he could play baseball, so he stated in interviews that his greatest wish for his his son Ray was for him to be left-handed, to like baseball, and to become a major leaguer. So it was check, check, and check for Sadeki's dad as young Ray loved baseball, took to it, and began to garner serious attention from scouts at Ward High School in Kansas City. At the age of 17, Sodecki was signed right out of high school with the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, got a $50,000 bonus, which I don't know, but sounds pretty high for those days, and an $18,000 contract for his first three seasons. Sodecki tore through the minors pretty quickly, spending only 58 and 59 there, and making a few starts in AAA in early 1960 before making his MLB debut at the tender age of 19. Uh, for reference, he was exactly two days older than the one and only Doc Gooden when he made his Major League debut. And there were growing pains. Uh, his first five appearances were very rough, as indicated by his MLB debut, where he went only two and two-thirds innings, surrendering eight run, eight hits, five runs. Uh, only two of them earned, though. It took until his third sixth major league start on June 15th of 1960 for Sadeki to record his first major league win and he did it in style a three-hit shutout of the Cincinnati Reds he was supported in the game by another young cardinal Kurt Flood who hit two home runs and that shutout really showcased both Sadeki's greatest strength a dazzling fastball that wowed his manager and his scouts and scouts, and he struck out nine in the shutout, but also his biggest pitching drawback, his control, as Sudeikis would walk eight in the shutout as well. The Cardinals were very young that year; uh, the core of the '60s team that would be a perennial championship contender. And win a couple of titles. Was just forming, so they stuck with the young pitcher's growing pains as he went nine and nine. And he in interviews would recall that as an ideal situation for him. As he said, the Cardinals were in fourth or fifth place in 1960 in an eight-team league. Uh, the fact was, we weren't going anywhere. They gave me the ball, and I got to pitch. I struggled through a year, a nine and nine year, but it was enough to get my feet wet. 1960 was a big year in many ways for the someone who was clearly an early bloomer or mature for his age or something as Sadeki at the all-star break married his high school sweetheart Diane Rush on July 13th, 1960 so yes, he was 19 at the time of his MLB debut and 19 at the time of his marriage, which I would like to be snarky about, but then I'd be being snarky about my parents who were 19 and 20 when they got married so just what was done a little more often back then, I guess at any rate, that young Cardinal Corps blossomed, uh, many names people have heard of, such as Bob Gibson, Kurt Flood, Tim McCarver. Uh, Sadecki was considered part of that core, but he was very up and down. He had a really strong first full season in 1961, going 14-10 and 10 with a 3.72 ERA, and Sadecki would hold out for more money prior to the 62 season, and unfortunately would struggle very badly in 62, he'd go 6-8 and eight with a 5.54 ERA. And then, fairly or not, and knowing the way baseball organizations work, probably unfairly, uh, Sadeki got kind of branded as a malcontent and someone who didn't put out a lot of effort uh, by the Cardinals organization in 62. Perhaps the holdout had something to do with it. What do you think? Strange to see a Caucasian player get branded as a malcontent, but I guess it happens once in a while. At any rate, after a June 5th game against the Reds in which he didn't retire a batter, uh, Cardinal manager Johnny Keane called Sadeki's performance, quote, the poorest exhibition of effort I've ever seen on a major league diamond. Sadeki was a bit offended by you know, as you could imagine by that, showed up late for the next game, which earned him a suspension, and as he continued to struggle, a trip back down to AAA. Still, I guess people don't give up on talented lefties too easily, so Sudecki showed moderate improvement in 1963, uh, was almost traded to the Giants for Felipe Alou that offseason, but stuck around, which was good for him and good for the Cardinals, as Sedeck, both of them had excellent 1964s, Sadecki going 20 and 11 with a 3.68 ERA, and the Cardinals winning the National League pennant. Because the great Bob Gibson had pitched three times in seven days down the stretch, it was actually Sadecki who got the Game 1 World Series assignment against none other than the chairman of the board, Whitey Ford. Sadecki would struggle, but would go six innings against a strong Yankee lineup, surrendering four runs. But the Cardinals would put up four in the bottom of the sixth off of Ford to give the young lefty a win in his World Series debut, a game in which he also delivered an RBI single in Game 1. And by the way, not an anomaly, Sudeke was a pretty good hitting pitcher in that he had slash lines in 61 of two fifty-three, two sixty-one, two ninety-nine. Uh, and most notably in 66, uh, 341, 357, 634. Yes, a 991 OPS with three homers and seven RBIs on the entire season. And I know I was in the middle of talking about a World Series, but that can be interrupted when you're talking about pitchers hitting. And heck, it was a Cardinals-Yankees World Series. Do Met fans really strongly care which one of those teams wins? At any rate, Sudeke would... uh, get one more start in Game 4, but only go in a third of an inning. Uh, he would get bailed out by Roger Craig, who would go four and two-thirds innings of relief as the Cards would rally in that game, and eventually win the series, of course, making Sudeke a world champion for the one and only time in his life, though he would sadly come oh-so-close again in 1973. Sudeke would kind of revert to struggling mode. Uh, he was pretty up and down with the Cardinals, uh, most of 65 and 66, and in early in the 66 season, he got traded uh, on May 8th of 66, to be exact, to the San Francisco Giants for Orlando Cepeda. Now, Cepeda had been a very popular giant and would kind of immediately star for the Cardinals, both in 66 and then even more so in 67, when he would win the National League's MVP that year. Uh, so when Sudeke struggled initially in San Francisco, going 3-7 with a 5.40 ERA in that half season in 66 in San Francisco, kind of darkened uh, any, kind of ended any hope I think he had of really fitting in or being popular with the Giants organization, or at least with the Giants fan base. He wound up having what were actually two of the best seasons of his career, uh, definitely his two best seasons as a starter, according to War. Uh, baseball reference war in 67 and 68, uh, but was unappreciated and the victim of poor run support and probably the residue of the fact that Cepeda was starring across the country. To wit, Sudeke went 12-18 and in 1968, uh, though he had a 2.91 ERA and struck out a career-high 206 in 253 and two-thirds innings. Uh, he's even better than his numbers with a 2.34 FIP that year, and those 206 strikeouts were actually a Giants franchise record for a lefty that stood until Madison Bumgarner had 219 in 2014. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?"
0: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office.
1: 18. I can't think of any other, too many great Giants left handers. I mean, I I was just trying to think, but that is just a storied franchise and a lengthy franchise history, so somewhat of an impressive record to hold, even if the Christy Mathewsons and Juan Marichals were not left handed. Sadecki would struggle again, though, in 1969 with the Giants, um, have some injury problems, and it was really the last season he'd start regularly but he nevertheless would find a home both as a spot starter-slash-bullpen arm as well as figuratively find a home as a fan favorite and someone who seemed to mature into a veteran bullpen presence as opposed to the young malcontent he was once rumored to be in Flushing, Queens. As during the 69 off season, the Giants would trade Sadecki along with Dave Marshall to the defending world champion, New York Mets, for Jim Gosger and Bob Heise. The Mets hoped that Sudeke would bolster their uh, bullpen, their pitching depth. Obviously, they were a defending champion that were based on strong, young pitching uh, pretty heavily from the right side, aside from Kuz. Uh, So he wasn't going to be a rotation mainstay, necessarily, But as I guess was spoiled with the prelude to this podcast, he did arrive in New York with 99 career victories in tow. And Sadeki would make a couple of bullpen appearances for the 70 team before making a spot start on May 12th at Shea Stadium against Les Expo of Montreal, and earning career victory number 100 with your typical quality start. Six innings, six hits, three runs, three walks, one strikeout. Excuse me, three walks, three strikeouts. But it would be enough in the Mets' victory, 8-4 victory over the Expos to get Sudeiky his 100th career victory. Don Cardwell, who had won his 100th career game the previous season in a Met uniform as the fourth starter for the world champion Mets, pitched an inning and two-thirds in relief before the man who had become Sadeki's longtime bullpen mate, Tug McGraw would earn the save in Sedecky's 100th career win. The following year, 1971, would really be Sedecky's best Major League season, at least by kind of advanced metrics. Uh, He wouldn't get to the 20 wins he'd get to with the powerful Cardinals team in 64, uh, but the veteran would appear in 34 games, starting 20. Uh, pitching 166 innings, uh, going 7-7 seven and seven with a 2.92 ERA and a career-high 3.2 war, according to baseball reference. Ah, crap, I missed one. His actual second season in 1961, uh, he had a war of four, uh, 222 innings in his second season. Uh, but yeah, even his 21-year uh, was just good for 1.8 war, as he really did uh, take advantage of a good team that year and his peripherals were not as not as strong but at any rate he really was a consistent rel- reliable piece out of the Mets bullpen between 71 and 74 uh, and a very key piece of the 73 you gotta believe team between 71 and 74 uh, Sudeke never had an ERA higher than 3.41 Uh, through over 100 innings in three of those four seasons, and was truly considered a beloved teammate, bullpen mentor, veteran presence guy, etc. While Sadeke would not appear in the 1973 NLCS against the Reds, he would make four huge appearances in the Mets' 1973 seven-game World Series defeat to the Oakland A's. In game two, with the Mets already trailing the series one game to none, uh, the A's got to Jerry Kuzman early. Uh, They had a 3-2 lead in the top of the third inning uh, and loaded the bases against Kuzman with one out in the third. Uh, Sadeki came on and got out of a bases-loaded jam, retiring two batters in the bottom of the third and pitching a one 2 fourth, kind of holding down the fort Uh, striking out three in an inning and a two-thirds. Perfect uh, relief, uh, keeping the Mets in a game that they would ultimately win 10-7 in 12 innings. Sudeke also pitched the ninth in Game 4, earning a save. He got a save in Game 4 of the World Series, uh, though he had only one in his regular season Mets career. Uh, If I'm reading it right, though, I I guess you could set up your own save situation back then, because Sudeke came into a... 6-1 6-1 game in the top of the ninth and loaded the bases before striking out Bert Campaneras to end it uh, preserving the Mets 6-1 lead and nodding the series back up at two games again. Sudeke would surrender his only run of the World Series in four and two-thirds innings in game seven of the series. Uh, he would come on in the bottom of the fifth with the Mets down 4-0 and surrender a run on a pair of singles allowing the A's to extend their lead to 5-0, the Mets would get no closer to 5-2, as they would fall just short in their attempt at winning a second World Series in five years and interrupting the A's dynasty. Sudeki would continue to be a useful piece for the Mets in 74. Uh, Yogi Berra would kind of ping-ponging back and forth between the pin and starting, Uh, Tug McGraw struggled mightily in the first half of 74, so Sudeke went to the bullpen. then later in the year, uh, both George Stone and Craig Swan went on the DL with arm problems. And after being in the bullpen for virtually the whole year, Sudeke would respond uh, with his first two starts in uh, months. Well, he had one start August 1st in Game 2 of a doubleheader, Uh, but just his fourth start of the entire year, he would respond by throwing a complete game five-hit shutout against the Braves on August 25th of 1974, uh, a one nothing victory in which he outdueled Phil Necro, uh, and he'd back that up with a second straight complete game uh, 4-2 victory over the Braves on August 30th. Let me look at the box score. No, against Buzz Capra this time, not against Nuxie fact he'd win four straight games uh, as a starter uh, before getting bombed in a start on September 14th, Uh, then throwing eight innings in a no decision on September 20th of 1974 against the Pirates, a game the Mets would lose uh, 4-3. Sudeke was actually in line for the win. Mets were up 3-1 going into the bottom of the ninth. He walked Art Howe to lead off, and then Tug McGraw came in and blew the save, uh, costing Sadeki a win and what would ultimately be his final appearance in his first tenure as a New York Met. Despite all that value and flexibility, in the 74 offseason, the Mets would trade the popular Sudeke, uh back to his original team, the Cardinals, in exchange for Joe Torre. Uh, the Mets, uh, as I've covered in a previous uh Yogi in particular, uh, was in love with Rand- young Randy Tate and uh, another prospect called Hank Webb. And the Mets thought Sudeikis was expendable and could use Torre's aging veteran bat, uh, and Sadeki was happy as he could be closer to his family. But this would kind of begin the journeyman phase of Sadeki's career. He he was with St. Louis in '75, which was kind of an up and down season. Uh, only. But Sudeke would only have eight appearances with the Cardinals, uh, and he would actually get traded twice in the middle of the 75 season, from the Cardinals to the Braves, and then in September from the Braves to the Kansas City Royals. Uh, So three teams in 75 for Sudeke before spending 76 with the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers released Sudeke at the conclusion of the 76 season, and he requested and received a spring training invitation from his former team, the Mets, Uh, They were looking for a left-handed specialist in the bullpen, and Fideki was still very popular in the New York clubhouse, uh, so his former teammates were happy to have him back, although it was sadly a brief reunion. Fideki would make four final appearances in a Met uniform, making his final Major League appearance on April 23rd, 1977, against the Pirates. Uh, He would uh, take the loss. He would come into a 5-5 5-5 game in the top of the ninth. Let's render a triple to Omar Moreno. Uh, he would almost pitch out of it, getting a pop fly and a ground out before Al Oliver delivered a two-out RBI single to break the 5-5 tie. Uh, the Mets would get a rally going against the Pirates' Goose Gossage in the bottom of the ninth, but couldn't get Sedecky off the hook. And so on April twenty third, 1977, in front of a Reported attendance of 9,040 people at Shea Stadium, Uh, Ray Sadecki made what would be his final Major League Baseball appearance. As Sadecki said of his last Major League season, at the end end of his career, I was cheap help for the Mets, $25,000, and by the time the Mets released me, I didn't even try to find something else. My arm was healthy, but I was done. I said goodbye, and I had no gripes. For his Major League Baseball career, Sadecki had a record of 135 and 131, uh, 3.78 ERA. He pitched 22,500 and one-third Major League innings, uh, walked 922, struck out 1,614, surrendered 2,456 hits. Uh, so 3.78 ERA, 1.351 WHIP. Uh, He appeared in 563 games, 328 of those were starts. Uh, He only recorded seven career saves. He was more of a long man, middle reliever. Uh, Seven major uh, regular season saves, he did have one save. uh, Less memorable than I thought it might be in Game 4 of the 73 World Series against the A's. According to baseball references, similarity scores, some of the more similar pitchers to him in his career include Floyd Bannister, Rudy May, and actually a number seven on the list, Ron Darling, which I thought was kind of interesting and a little surprising to me. Slightly different routes, I guess, to somewhat similar numbers. Saduki so was out of baseball and just working for an office supply company for about 13 years until he became a minor league coach and instructor in both the Cubs and Giants organization in the early 90s. Uh, Left the Giants uh, after the baseball strike in 94 and kind of went back into, I'm just going to call it private life, I guess, uh, non baseball life. Uh, He had a son who played baseball at Vanderbilt and made it up to AAA in the Rangers organization, but didn't quite make the majors, uh, as well as a daughter. Um, He divorced in 1990 and sadly passed away on November seventeenth, 2014 at the age of 73 from complications of blood cancer. Popular with Met fans uh, for his flexibility and his effectiveness out of the bullpen. Very popular with his teammates where he overcame uh, an early and perhaps undeserved reputation as a malcontent to be a beloved bullpen veteran presence. And with some memorable personal milestones and World Series moments for the New York Mets, Ray Sadecki, truly unformidable. Thank you for listening to Unformidable. Please go to AmazonAvenue.com for more Mets-related content. Follow us on all of your social medias. And you can find this podcast and all of Amazon Avenue's truly amazing pods wherever you get your podcasts. Original music by Bunga. I'm on Twitter at WolfRR, and the show is at Unfermedable. Thank you, and as always, let's go max.